0: Welcome back to another episode of the HC Hive podcast. This is Sue here today, and we've got two guests joining us, Avi and Nandita, we are both students in the program, but also working with the Aware Home currently. Thanks so much for joining us, y'all.
1: Thank you Thank for you having us. So. Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let's just start off with some introductions. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you're doing in the HC program, and, um, you know, your trucks and all that.
1: Hi, I'm Nandita. I like to believe most of the people in the program know me. Um, I'm in the interactive computing track. Um, I have a weird story into coming here. I was actually working for Georgia Pacific for a couple years before I went into the program and um, started here last fall and it's been an absolutely amazing journey so far. My focus for the overall program is within accessibility and working on projects with older adults. So that's really what I do
2: the Aware Home. Awesome. Right, I am Avi uh, People know me as Avi because there are a lot of syllables there. <laughs> <in their name. laughs> right, so I joined last year in fall and I'm in the interactive computing track as well. Prior to coming here, I was working in the industry uh, in uh, wearable uh, interactions and also in digital user experiences. Uh, so I've worked on projects that involved a lot of hardware prototyping and stuff. So that's what I've been doing in Aware Home like after I joined nice. Very
0: cool. Yeah, so it sounds like both of you had some interest in things that were related to the Aware Home before coming? Yes,
2: mm-hmm. that's right.
0: Cool, so I'm wondering also then, like, did you come into the program specifically looking at the Aware Home or did you even know it existed before you went
2: into
1: the program? I did, actually. So I met Brian Brian Jones, who's the director of the Aware Home, actually over the summer. So there was a workshop by Illimitable happening on Georgia Tech. And it was was a design workshop. And it was geared towards how do you design for people with disabilities. So I came into the program knowing that that's my focus. But it was awesome meeting Brian there because I had looked online at the Aware Home. And then I recognized him. I said, oh, my God, this is the guy who's the director of the Aware Home. So we exchanged cards and we started talking. So by the time I started grad school year in fall, I pretty much knew that, hey, this is an area I'm interested in working in. And a lot of the research has been focused on older adults, but for me, I'd like to work on projects which involve older adults, but also with accessibility challenges and how we can tie those two together.
2: For me, like I got to know about Aware Home after coming here and specifically it was in the context of a project, uh, again for elderly, as uh, Nandita just mentioned. So I previously did a very similar project and uh, when i like looked up the different research facilities in georgia tech our home was one of the you know prime focus areas i would say mm-hmm. and then i looked up the projects and the projects actually you know one of the projects resonated well, a lot with me because of its alignment with my previous work
0: yeah so actually, before we jump into those projects, Rashae, I want to talk about and hear about you know what you've been working on. Let's talk about what the Aware Home is. <laughs> For maybe some people who are listening, maybe some prospective students who are curious, what the heck is the Aware Home? <laughs>
2: um, like as the name suggests, it it is a home, okay, uh, and uh, it's in the disguise. So I would say it's a lab environment in the disguise of a home. So like any other home, you would have a you have a living room, you have bedroom, you have every Equipments and appliances that you would expect to see in a home environment, and the only catch is uh, all all of the spaces is instrumented with uh, different kind of home automation systems, uh, smart sensing systems, uh, which are aimed at solving different, you know, like problems and making things more accessible, more meaningful uh, for elderly or for even general population.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like Avi mentioned, there's multiple projects going on, even on multiple floors. So when you walk in, you know you might walk in on the first floor and it looks different and you go up to the second floor and it looks completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you need to know which restroom you can use and cannot use. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. FYI, <laughs> just a disclaimer. Um, another cool thing about it is actually Aware Home completes its 20-year anniversary this year. Oh. So big year this year. Um, we've been trying to get you know, projects together and just kind of have a quick summary video kind of thing. But it's very interesting. You can walk into the living room and tell Alexa or Google to say, hey, turn on the kitchen or turn on the living room. And it's pretty neat. And we keep pushing towards adding new sensors. So again, as students, if we come up with a new idea or if we say, hey, look at this cool power gadget that can measure your power consumption and XYZ all over the house. Let's try it out. Brian's all about that. So new ideas are always welcome. And especially if you have new improvements and, you know, for prospective students who are wanting to join, come with your ideas. Like, we're all for that.
2: Yeah. And the best part is, like, uh, in other lab environments, like you would consider those as, la- in, as lab settings, right? And doing research and, uh, you know, development and testing in a real-life environment is something unique about Everhome. Like, you can do a lot of contextual Uh, design and development so that's the most unique part i would
0: say so it sounds like it's kind of like if you just took a home and then put it into the future or what we think the future home might look like would that be hopefully
1: yes yes but it's also like avi mentioned it's a dual purpose where it's also a lab environment where you can have studies and have people come in for your usability or user testing sessions but again there's no you will have to in-home at some point, mm-hmm. so in people's homes, but it's a good starting point. It's better than, oh, yeah, let me just have you sit in a room and talk about what this would be like in a home versus here's a home. Take a look at where do you think this would work? Mm-hmm. So it, it forms a good intermediary
0: out there. So people actually go into the home and like do usability studies there for yes. the projects that are going? Okay. Yeah, so... Do you think someone could actually live in this home? Like, how home-like is this environment? There actually? is a sofa.
1: Um, I have heard stories of some students potentially crashing, yeah. maybe.
0: And then you also mentioned, like, there are bathrooms in the home. Some which you yes. could use and some which you can't.
1: I believe go to the second-floor bathroom is what i mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> You
2: could essentially live in that home. So it, it has every appliance that you might actually need uh, to leave your day. It doesn't have uh, food rations and those kind of things right, that right. you have to take with we you. We don't but have any utensils there. <laughs> yeah. We
1: don't encourage that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe for the best. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, if you drove by, you really wouldn't know that this is the aware home. It looks like just a normal house. Hmm. Like, you're not going to know, oh my God, that is the aware home. It's literally the house. And you go in and it still looks like a house because it's fully furnished. Yeah. I would say it's fully furnished, fully furnished right? Furnished. Yeah, it's fully furnished.
0: Yeah, I remember I um, we had one of our classes for the Ubicomp class mm-hmm. during the last semester, and that was where one of the presentation days was because nice. a lot of the student projects were about something that's related to the AWARE at Home or maybe being currently mm-hmm. tested in the AWARE at Home. So the whole class of like, I don't know how many people were in that class, like 60 people were all wow. <laughs> But we all walked over there and um, it's pretty near campus, right?
1: It's fairly um, close, yeah, but it's still a decent walk. I'd say yeah. about 20 minutes from Tech Square, 20 to 25.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, adding on to the testing part, uh, they also have uh, a prototyping environment at the basement. Hmm. Uh, so, okay. which has a mini workshop, like almost having all tools that you might need for cutting and building stuff, and also like uh, electronic prototyping hardware and stuff. That's
0: so, great. so you, if you were to live there, you could really continue to live there and continuously improve. Full immersion. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about some of the projects that you're working on right now in the Aware Home. Which of you kind of mentioned or hinted towards some projects you're working on?
2: Right, the project that I'm working on right now is related to the bathroom project. As you mentioned, <laughs> Like not all bathrooms are functional. So we're trying to instrument a bathroom um, with sensors and automation stuff to make it more accessible for elderly. So that's one part of the project. The other part is like you have occupational therapists who help elderly with bathroom transfers, like toilet transfers, right? So how do you give occupational therapists a more objective measure of the transfer, I would say? Uh, Because right now, uh, occupational therapists mostly look at transfers from a very subjective viewpoint. They do not have, uh, like, you know, a very quantified measure of what a good transfer would look like so we are kind of instrumenting the whole bathroom with different kind of sensors uh, t- trying to give them an objective measure of the different like for example one uh, thing could be force how the force is getting transferred from one part of the body to another part uh, while they are doing the transfer so that's something that I'm working on right now I'm involved mostly in the hardware prototyping stuff building the hardware for this sensing mechanisms that's the most recent work of me
1: that's pretty neat yeah. that's pretty neat um i remember so when i actually came on campus and toured the aware home and remember seeing that and i was just so paranoid i was like i'm definitely not using the stress room there's like a <laughs> camera and you're watching me like no oh, nope um i'm working so i actually started when i did start working i thought i was going to be working on the smart bathroom project as well but um, there were other projects that kind of caught my eye and aligned more with my interests. So one of the major things I worked on, which actually culminated into a conference this last week, was working towards getting together a workshop on not only generating ideas, but to also teach design thinking within this assistive technology space. Mm-hmm. So typically, again, as human-centered design students, we are it's ingrained within us, right? That, hey, user comes first doesn't always happen in other industries. So we wanted to make sure we can spread that knowledge, but also share that within assistive tech. So for the last couple of months, that has been my main focus on not only managing, but creating the workshop. So it was a four hour workshop and, um, we also created like a workshop guide that we passed out to the different participants. Um, it was a blast. I was very nervous cause it was my first time actually conducting the whole workshop. Super nerve wracking but very, very, an awesome learning experience, I would say. Uh, We had about at least 15 people, 15, 20 people who had signed up. And so I, I was facilitating the whole workshop and that's really what I was working on. And the overall space was how can you use technology to impact people with disabilities or people who are older adults with different impairments or what have you, but within the area of assistive tech, how can you really use technology to empower people? And we got a lot of amazing ideas. And again, the goal was we can find different problem spaces that we can then bring back and also approach different master's students, right? Such as you and me, that, hey, here's a space that was brainstormed by OTs and physical therapists and actual people in the field who came up with that. And this is a real problem. So would you like to work on this and take this up as a master's project? Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I wouldn't have thought that that's something that kind of fits within the scope of the aware home work, but obviously it needs to be. Otherwise, what else is the aware home going to be working on? Right.
1: right. Mm-hmm. We have to keep up again, the pipeline, right? And it went so well that we actually got invited to do a similar one at Resno, Ooh. which is going to be another conference later in the summer. That's so so exciting. Exciting. July. Yes. Is it July? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. And so, It sounds like a lot of the projects are currently are focused on accessibility or older adults or different types of user groups that are maybe not the ones that we traditionally think of of being using like all this really flashy technology. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm wondering if if that focus is uh, kind of typical of the Wear Home or where that focus comes from. I think
1: it adapts and evolves over time. Like, again, I think if you look at the overall 20 year timeline of projects where You start out with you know with the technology that was available then and the rate at which technology grows now is just so exponential that it's hard to keep up with the projects right so you let's say you launched a project and had a research grant to do something and all of a sudden a new technology has come out that can help you with that so it's just i feel it adapts as we go and you know that's part of that's the beauty of it where as students you actually have the power to bring that vision to life using that because you could pretty much approach Brian with something like, hey, this is a project I'm interested in this space, and if it's viable, and even if it doesn't exist, you could always launch it as a master's project. And there's means for you to, you know, test it. There's already an environment out there for you to test it.
2: Right, yeah, so this accessibility uh, focus actually comes from the projects, the project grant, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, there is this project, uh, like a huge overarching project called TechSage, which, with.
1: Wireless, RER, Senior Tech sage, and yeah, different yeah. grants. Yeah, so
2: they have different grants and they have different focus areas. So that's how the projects take their shape inside our home, I would say.
1: But and part of that is like some of the use cases where you really get focused, you could apply that to a larger population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to Tuavi's idea of, let's say you're coming up with a smart automation system or, you know, that's reminding you to, hey, your stuff is on, you know, or something like that. Hey someone like me could use that. I don't have to be an older adult. Yeah. I am fairly absent minded and I would happily use something like that. So there's a lot of scope. And that's another project as well with ambient alerting where again was focused towards older adults with you know giving you and you know when you say ambient alerting it's not in your face but it you know kind of gives you a subtle nudge about hey you've left your stove on or your water's on or something like that and that project has also evolved over time as well
0: and then I also was wondering so given that you're working with these different user groups um, who also they themselves work with OTs or PTs um, what are your interactions with those I guess could you consider them stakeholders or maybe they're also users in themselves what are those interactions with them like
2: so like for the smart bathroom project specifically we're interacting on weekly basis with OTs who are I would say very major stakeholder in the whole system because they are shaping the whole project. Like how what kind of objective measures would they want. So it's following a very user-centered design. So who are the end users of the system? It could be OTs as well as their little people for whom we are developing the assistive technology, right? So we cannot actually live behind OTs in the whole process. And OTs have a very expert idea about how the system should look like. Yeah, that's how we are dealing with or, like interacting with OTs on a periodic basis, and with like the final users, uh, for elderly, for example, we do trials, which are a little bit spaced out, because you can't always get in uh, people, so you need to have a very well-planned session for that. So it, I would say it happens once in say, a semester.
0: When you have people actually come in? Come and in, and yeah. Okay, I see. So what about just on the regular day-to-day, if you're working either on an Aware Home-related project or working in the Aware Home, What does your day-to-day kind
1: of look like? It depends. Um, Last semester, all the meetings at Aware Home always coincided with my classes, so that was one of those, okay, I'm gonna be there, but not during general meeting time. It's fairly flexible depending on what you're working on. Um, My major focus until last week was working on that workshop and getting that straightened out for the conference. Um, depending on the projects, I'll probably be there more based on, you know, ambient alerting, user testing that's coming up right now. So it it really depends on your project. And like, you know, right, there's life cycles, right? Suddenly there's, oh, there's only planning stuff that I can do remotely. And then all of a sudden,
0: it's all right there. You're living in the warehouse. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Before you know it. And then that conference that you went to, were there other people in attendance who were also from like a lab similar to the warehouse? or who who else is at this it
1: depends so the name of the conference was uh, assistive technology industry association um so the association's annual conference so pretty much you know you had the googles and microsofts with you know their accessibility teams but you really had other assistive technology companies everything from screen readers to magnifiers to asl to you know people with focus on autism and on the spectrum so anything and everything under the sun and moon mm-hmm. um I still remember walking the shop floor and people trying to sell me products. And I'm like, I don't want the products. I just want a job. (laughs) Uh, it It was a very awesome conference and you had people from all walks of life. So for example, just in our workshop, we had OTs, physical therapists, but also people who worked within education who used assistive technology or who had students who used assistive tech. So that really, and even caregivers, right? So everyone has a very unique perspective but it's also interesting to see how you can draw parallels from another industry that uses something similar and actually apply it to this. So even if they've not directly worked with older adults, it was still impactful to see, hey, if you have the same need as someone else, we, we can kind of adapt that towards what you need. So it was really a lot of people. I, was, I attended as a student and a speaker, but uh, I know that there were a lot of people from just companies, other organizations, To your point, I don't remember meeting anyone from specifically Aware Home, but definitely other labs who work within assistive technology and who work within product development within that.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an awesome experience then to meet so many different people who are interested or have stake in this area, but maybe you don't get to encounter on a day-to-day basis.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it was my first time for ATIA, so it was nerve-wracking because the first day was the workshop. But once that was done, it was nice to be able to just enjoy and learn. And it it was really amazing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So if there was a a prospective student or um, maybe someone who's just interested in getting involved with the Aware Home, how would you suggest that they go about doing that?
1: Just reach out. (laughs) I know that's difficult. So, I mean, if you just want to pick up the phone, our contacts are listed out there. We are fairly open. So you can reach out on LinkedIn. You can connect with us you know, I don't think they'll still have Slack access, is my guess, probably not. But yeah, just find us on LinkedIn, reach out. Um, Our website's fairly current with who's working on what, so it's fairly easy to get a hold of people. Um, If you're visiting campus especially, I think that's a great way to reach out and actually tour it, because you have an idea of what you think it is, because the pictures don't really do it justice. Mm -hmm. So, because I remember seeing the picture, and the picture on the website just shows you the outside with some inside pictures right. but really coming on a tour will be awesome and one of the things we are working for for you prospective students right there mm-hmm. is trying to have a video of a tour so that if you can't physically make it we'd still like you to have you know as close of experience to someone walking in so we are hoping to have that in as well of just brian touring and talking about all the projects and things like that
0: yeah that would be really neat because i know there's a lot of students who also if you're applying like internationally right. and you can't travel or, you know, you're not going to travel just to see the Aware Home. Maybe you would. Who knows? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that would be really neat if, if people could see that as well. What kind of things uh, would you be able to see if you were to visit in person?
2: I mean, how could you transform your home into a very smart one? And
1: Just watch out for the Googles and Alexas because you're going to say something <laughs> and they are going to all trigger at the same time. And that is not always fun. So... It's like, hey, Google, and it's like, what's up, what's up, what's up? I'm like, stop, stop, not talking to you.
2: Yeah, you could also think about, uh, (laughs) like, thought-provoking, like when you instrument the whole house with sensors, uh, there's a question of privacy. Mm -hmm. So you can also research on those kind of topics. It did not necessarily fit into, like, making smart uh, devices. You could also think from the other side of the coin. Right, They're, like the whole experience is thought-provoking. It could like, you know, fire up neurons in your brain in mm-hmm. unknown ways that you might not even have thought about. You know. right.
0: That's
1: beautifully put. Um, one thing I'd just like to add to that, and again, so speaking from personal experience, um, Brian's super awesome to work for. Um, I've known him for about a year now, this summer. And one thing I will say is he will try to match you up with projects that fit your skill sets as well. So not just gonna oh, okay, here's a project you can work on, you know, get some work done kind of thing. But hey, here's something that aligns with your skill set and here's something that you could gain out of. And, you know, it's like a working relationship where, you know, it's win-win and it's always a conversation. So, you know, if you're looking to, you know, not only advance your skills, but also just learn something and work with awesome people, come join us.
0: You're <laughs> welcome. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about the Aware Home today. I'm I'm sure that having this extra, you know, these extra tidbits of information are definitely appreciated. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you for having us.